0: everybody how are you doing i hope you're all well today we are having an honest frank and to the point discussion about some very pertinent topics that affects all of us each month we today we're speaking with danny bamping the public detective that's his youtube channel and the main topic we're talking about today is bills and do you have to pay them i must say had some problems with the recording of this interview danny sounds good i sound a bit rubbish um again get getting used to all of this we will be ironing this out and making it sound better but at least danny sounds good that's the important thing right enjoy Okay, hi Danny, Um, thanks for
1: coming on today, Um, you're obviously the public detective and I've seen your videos on YouTube which are very informative and lovely humour involved in them and thanks for coming on and the main topics I'd like to talk about today is, is about bills and we receive bills every month from the council, the electric company, gas company, water board and even HMRC. And after seeing your videos about the water board, um, a water call with the public detective, um,
2: I would just like to chat about that really, and if we really need to pay these bills. Well, um, thanks for having me on on your podcast and stuff, and and it's um, good to be here. And um, yeah, well, do we need to pay these bills? Well, the answer is yes, and the answer is also no. I suppose it's all about how much you are prepared to go down the rabbit hole, it depends how much you cherish your credit rating, and... And your individual circumstances, whether you've got savings or property, you know, or assets that that, uh, people can take. But I found myself in a situation about a decade ago where I was made unlawfully bankrupt. So just before that happened, or a few years before that happened, I'd accrued a lot of bills, um such as council tax arrears, uh, credit cards, water arrears, gas arrears, electric arrears, um, didn't file a, an income tax kind of thing. So I, I, t- I hadn't paid uh, to fund paedophiles for years. I mean, I hadn't paid my B- BBC TV licence for a while. So basically it was a bit mad one day that I walked in the bank and just cancelled all the direct debits connected to every one of those bills, but also to my mortgage, Um, which is a pretty wild thing to do, but that's what I did. Um, and, And yeah, it went from there, really. So what you've got to understand is that you have... You have a contract with things like when your mobile phone or your internet and your telephone connection, yeah, those are contractual obligations and if you don't pay them, they will stop the service. They'll turn your phone off, they'll turn your internet off if you don't pay them. That's because you've signed and agreed a contract, not always signed, but at least agreed a, a terms and conditions of a contract for them to supply you with that service for a set period of time. The problem is is with water, gas, electric, council tax, income tax, things like that, TV licence, they're all kind of bills created that are created via creatures of statute. So council tax is imposed by the local government finance act 1992 so you don't need a ca- a contract for council tax it's imposed by statute and same with the water and the gas electricity there's certain acts which oblige you to pay the supplier even though you've not really contracted with them i mean that you there's a monopoly obviously with water yeah, yeah. because you can't change a water supplier no, no. no, although I try to, I said, look, God's supplying me now,
3: <laughs>
2: you know, yeah. the clouds are supplying me, I have a contract with the clouds, yeah, uh, and, and so this is the mad thing, I'll go through them, so with water, didn't pay for years, um, then they threatened me with the CCJ, then I asked them to come and test my water, which will probably make another video on the public detective youtube channel on its own and and basically that testing of the water i manipulated to make sure that my water supply that was coming out my tap from them was not fit for human consumption but when they went yeah oh yeah yeah and i and i recorded myself doing it yeah. So,
1: so, what, what, what you, you, added something in, in there, is, is that
2: what you did? Yeah, well, what happened was, I mean, I have told this story several times to people, but not always on a recorded call, if you know what I mean, but... Yeah. I've got, I'm a cat lover, not, la- not, uh, like, you know, is gonna, um, prosecute me, but I, I've got cats, but basically, I rubbed a dried cat shit up, the, my, up my tap <coughs> ten minutes before they came to test the water. So I knew that I'd contaminated the the testing sample. Yeah. Anyway, they went away and tested it. They came back and said it was still fit for human consumption. I went away, took my own s- sample, w- literally seconds after his. He actually lent me one of his little testing bottles so I could do that. And, and yeah, from there on, it became a bit of cat and mouse. But basically, they went ahead, they went to court, they tried to take me to court to Salford, because there's certain county courts which are kind of bulk centres. Nottingham, uh, Northampton is one, Salford is another, and I forget where the other one is. But, um, I think it might be Cardiff, but there's, there's several b- courts in the country which are used as, as bulk centres, so that's where all money claims go to. So when water companies, when you don't pay your water bill, they'll make these applications in bulk. What they didn't expect with mine was when they sent me the paperwork, I then responded as per the paperwork, the, the claim form, and hit them with a, a really, really amazing letter, which is on Facebook in the group I don't pay for rain or human right. Um, And it's there in the file section for everybody to read. Um, And they never responded to that letter. But what they did do, they discontinued the claim. So they stopped the claim. And then years later, they went to Northampton, made a fresh claim, didn't serve me with the paperwork, so I never knew it was happening. And for for the same arrears... Yeah, for the same money, plus several years afterwards as well, so it's more, but obviously part of it was the same. And they needed permission from the court to do that, because they'd already laid the claim to go to Salford. And when they discontinued it, they were in breach of CPR rules because they needed permission or leave of the, the court to actually make that second claim again. And they didn't do do that, and so I simply read the rules, noticed it, made an application to my county court in Plymouth, I had a hearing in front of the judge that lasted five minutes, and four of those minutes were were talking about how much Southwest Water were going to pay me for costs. Mm -hmm because, well, yeah, because they, they walked in there and they conceded. The guy said, do you mind if I do the talking when we go in? I said, fill your boots, mate, because you've lost already. He said, yeah, I know. I need to make the judge aware that we concede. So I had an eight and a half grand bill d- discharged, is probably the best word, um, and then I had um, two CCJs removed off my credit file, not that... That, that, I give a shit about that anyway and and then but the charge against the property that I live in was also removed oh good and then they paid me three in, no 500 quid was it then
1: What well, as compensation
2: yeah well costs yeah for and well, stuff yep. so and yeah and I've not ne- I've not paid since and that was 2017 so that's 4 years ago now and they just
1: haven't bothered contacting
2: you since they didn't send me a bill for two and a half years they've only recently sent me a bill I, th- I think they must have realized I'm not worth the stamp right so well
1: that's that's amazing really so, you, so it's through their error really that you kind of
2: yeah of course it's the best well, way to be, win win is to beat them at their own in their own game. Yeah, yeah. They, nine times out of ten, these people trip themselves up all the time. It's up to you to work it out and 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 hold them to account. Well,
1: this is fascinating. Really fascinating.
2: Mm. Yeah. So obviously, council tax is a different ball game, but. What I did with council taxes, I withheld it on the basis that at the time I couldn't pay it because I was struggling financially, and also because I was challenging the jurisdiction of the court because it's done under civil jurisdiction in a magistrate's court, but not under CPR rules, civil or criminal. And the whole matter, even if you get jailed and you get put in prison for not paying council tax, then say you owed five grand, you might get 90 days and that'll be deducted at about 65 quid a day and you'll come out and owe nothing. So how do they do that? And and also the liabilities orders that they issue at the court are the council's orders themselves. They don't actually issue them because they don't exist as a physical piece of paper. So... It's, uh, the whole thing's like fraud, and um, the, the council and HMCTS behind closed doors set their own costs attached to those liability orders. So if they, if you miss a month, that means you miss the right to pay via standing order or direct debit. That means that they can come after you for the rest of what's due for council tax, and council tax is due on April the 1st. It's the biggest fucking joke going and i've not paid now for 13 years and so the the thing is the so the the courts are getting paid by the councils for the councils to make their own courts in in the venue of the courtroom under no rules and no legal jurisdiction and yet they issue What's called no bail civil arrest warrants, and I thought oxymorons were only supposed to be two words. Yeah, no bail, yeah. no bail civil arrest warrant. I mean, what the fuck? S- excuse my f- French. Yeah, no. You, you, away. you can you can beep it out when you re- when you come to edit it. No, no, I, I'm quite happy to have uh, swearing on this. I do as well. Yeah. Oh well, fuck that then. Um, you know, so, <laughs> so basically, it's it's a bit of a farce. And then on the back of these, they can do attachment to earnings. They can deduct money off out your benefits. They can get a charge on your property. They can make you bankrupt, and they can also try and put you in jail. But what they're actually doing is using the poor law. And if you Google court, courts of quarter session or courts of aziz... Then that was what is used to enforce the poor law in petty sessional divisions around the country in different courtrooms for petty crimes. And if you weren't able to pay the king his taxes years ago, under the poor law, you could be put in a workhouse to pay your debt to society. Right. That legislation, that jurisdiction... Net was, was under the 1971 Courts Act was abolished, but then six months later, when they came to enforce rates, they realised that they still needed it, so they brought in a government order that didn't go past Parliament, that was executed by the government of the day to bypass a statute act of Parliament to ignore the fact that they'd abolished Courts of Quarter Session and Courts of Resist to allow them to continue to use the poor law civil jurisdiction that now, 45 years later, 50 years later rather... Is jailing people for non-payment of council tax? Yeah, bloody yeah. So they're just so they're
1: just removing laws that have been there for centuries, and well, then replacing it with statutes. Is, is, is that is well? They,
2: they're that basically main... they removed the, the they removed the poor law jurisdiction for anybody to be jailed for being poor. But councils around the country constantly jail people for not paying council tax, and nine times out of ten, those committal proceedings or those committals themselves to prison are found out to be unlawful because they don't do means tests on these people. I just helped somebody, a friend called Jamie, who's under a certain court um, jurisdiction of Colchester, And they issued a committal uh, warrant, a no-bail civil arrest warrant last Friday for him. And they told him on the phone it was a criminal warrant and that they'd given it to the police. When in fact we found out on the Monday morning it was a civil warrant and that they'd given it to the council because the council execute these warrants themselves. And the ca- Did yeah. the police act on that then, or...? No, the police never had it, because the, when we phoned up the police, the police said we'd got no record of arrest warrant for Jamie. So we knew that it wasn't criminal, and we know anyway that the whole process, when you get jailed for non-payment of council tax, you can go in there wearing a tuxedo. You should, I mean, you've watched my water video, yeah, for Public Detective, you should watch my council tax one.
1: I I, I hadn't seen that. I I, I went through uh, all your videos earlier on. I, oh. I didn't see the
2: council tax. Right? Oh, it's so the second one up there. Is the it's my call with the bailiffs, with uh, Jacobs the bailiff? Oh yes
1: yes yeah. I, I did watch that one. Yeah 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 yeah. 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 So so, okay like, right yes
2: yeah. So I'm like telling them in their faces. Look, you know, you, what what can you do? You, I've got a I've got a consent to let you in my house to then take my stuff. And and you haven't yeah, got yeah. you haven't got a liability order because they don't exist as a physical piece of paper. So you haven't got one. No, when they say we've got an order then, from the court, they're just trying to like put you in a corner, and if you
1: like acquiesce to their demands, then they can walk all over you. You're kind of yeah. abiding by their jurisdiction and you're removing yourself from
2: all of that. Yeah, that of right? course, if you know what's going on and what's really happening, then you can just throw it back at them and say, show me a copy of the liability order. They say, we've well, we got a liability order from the court. I said to the guy through the letterbox, show me it. He said, oh, I've not got it with me. I said, well, then, fucking, why have you brought, why have you brought your mate and the police here? Oh, we well, were going to take your stuff. Well... You haven't got a court order. Yeah, we have. Where is it? We've just been through this. It, it Going round in circles. The cop has fucked off after a while. <coughs> of course. It's a civil matter. They were only there to make sure there's no breach of the peace. Right. Yeah, and, you know, gas and electric was weird as well. I mean, I'll go into that now. I mean, when I was made bankrupt, I had, you know, the, they broke, literally a few weeks after I was made bankrupt, they broke into my house and put fucking prepayment meters in. No, yeah. yeah, so On so, so a friend of mine, a friend of mine who's properly trained, yeah, came and took those metres out and put different metres in. Yeah. Right? Like, literally, a week later. So they didn't even go off the uh, emergency thing. But I had no control of it, because I had no money, and the guy offered, and I looked at the legislation, and actually in the Gas and F- Electricity Act, 1958, whatever it is, it says, you can put your own meters in, you just have to notify your supplier. And they and, yeah. and they didn't notify me, and they didn't give me a summons or anything to turn up at court, they just broke into my house and put them in, yeah? So I, so they put them in unlawfully, yeah? And without due cause, without following the law, so I thought, fuck you, I'm going to put my own in. If you're going to put yours in unlawfully, I'm going to put mine in unlawfully, and see who gets done first. Right, yeah, yeah. Four years, four years later... I, those, those meters of mine were still in there. Four years.
1: And did they send you bills in the
2: meantime or anything? They couldn't, could they? Because they couldn't get into my house to take a meter reading, and they didn't understand why I wasn't topping up the card or the key.
1: Oh, right, right,
2: yes. Yeah. And then when they came four years later with the police, a a court warrant officer, a locksmith, a guy from the National Grid an electrician, yeah, and two bailiffs, there was, like, eight people stood outside my house.
1: And a lot of people.
2: (laughs) A lot of people, right? And my mate is stood behind me, filming me on a video camera, and and I open the door, and they say to me, we've got a warrant to come in these premises to check the safety of your gas and electric meters. Right, and this is the cop saying this with the paperwork there and it was legit paperwork they'd been to court they'd got it in front of magistrates right, been issued, right I then turn around to them and say right, that's fine, no problem and he's like, will you let us in? yeah, no problem, just give me a second and I pulled out this box from behind the door because their meters that they'd installed yeah, that they came to check were safe that I removed yep. four years ago or four years from that point, yeah, we're in that box. Yeah. So I gave them the box and said, "There you go. The meters are really safe. You've executed your warrant, and bye bye." And closed the door, took the piece of paper up him, and fucking locked it.
1: Did, did they take the meter, the prepayment meter, with them then?
2: Well, there you go, is it? Don't you think it's a bit mad? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. me, but, so, I mean, so they, just, they, they were there to check they, on that? They were, they were there, they were there to check on those meters, yeah, and to check that they were safe, right? And they were, right. obvi- they're obviously safe, they're in a box. Yeah. Yeah. Not plugged into anything. There right you there. go, not plugged yeah. into anything. And also then, um, because they were outside of my property, yeah, they couldn't do for call then. Right. Apart, f- apart from what happened was, one by one, they all left. Apart from, a new copper came on his own, so the two coppers that were there originally left, and the, uh, the locksmith left, all, all these people left, apart from the gas guy from the National Grid. So they'd realised that, obviously, I had a different meter in, and because it's gas, it caught, it's a... Problem that could affect others, in other words, if it's not installed correctly, my house could explode and kill other people. Right. So, the copper said to me, Look, can you now that there's just me and this gas guy here from the national grid, can you let him in to check the safety of your gas meter? Otherwise, my Sarge is telling me I'm gonna have to go to court this afternoon to get a warrant to come in this house to let this guy in. And I'm okay. going. I said, yeah, no worries, right? So said, I said, can you give it, can you, if I let this guy in, will you stay there? He said, yeah, no problem. He said, it was a sunny day it was. He was like, I'm, I'm happy sitting in the sun out here, mate. Yeah, no problem. So it let this guy in, and he's only a mate of the guy who changed my metre four years ago. Right. So so he knew. He was like, put the kettle on, Danny. I'll go and uh, check your meter safe to make sure that, such a body's done a good job and and uh, and I and I put a seal on it and they came five five minutes came came back up from my basement and said all good cracking job N- no problems been there for four years I've not taken a meter reading <laughs> they can fuck off don't blame you all this stuff and they came out of the house told the copper absolutely fine all signed off not a problem all secure and and that was mad because you know I changed the meters, and, and the reason why that they couldn't really do anything is because the reason why you've got their meters in your property is because they're measuring what you're using, and because they're the distributor supplier kind of person, biller, yeah, the, the agent, acting on behalf of the government and taking a massive cut, and that's what they're doing. They're measuring what you use, and because you're using their meter to measure it, they get to charge it. That's how it works, right? Because I do, uh, u- I'd use my own meters. There's no way they could send me a bill. Yeah,
1: uh, that's, that's brilliant. And so you still haven't had
2: a bill from them since then. Uh, well, what happened? Well, it's a long story, but basically they broke in again, yeah. And what's interesting that time, they then take my meters away, put two more. Prepayment payment meters in, yeah, again, do the same thing, and and they had the meter readings for the gas and electric. Now, see, you would have thought, right, you would have thought they would have gone, right, he's used this much gas in four or five years, whatever it was, because another year afterwards that happened, that, and again, they did it when I wasn't there, Without notice, so they broke into my house again, yeah, and so they replaced them with these meters, and they didn't bill me. In fact, all that happened is, on my electricity bill, they added 150 quid of enforcement charges. And when they took the meters away, they took them away like they were, like, evidence in a crime. Like, they put them in bags and as if they were going to, like, fingerprint them and shit. Well, yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: So you're kind of like using their laws you're, you're kind of using uh, you know I was going to say common laws but you know you, you, you're kind of well on board with what your legal fiction is and you're also just being human aren't you with the gas guy who wanted to come in and just check it there's that human touch that you're adding to it as well so you're kind of using you know all of those three aspects in order to to get past these hurdles aren't you
2: well, yeah, and I suppose being made bankrupt in your own house and it only affects you, I, I, I was left with a unique situation where whatever I did only affected me. Yeah. And that's the key thing, I think, because, you know, if I'd, have, if I'd have been in a situation where I'd got three kids and a wife, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I did. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even try what I did because it was a lot of it is or was an experiment to a certain degree. But when you realise that as long as you don't tamper with the meter, because they went, Oh, you've tampered with the meter. I said, No, I haven't tampered it, I'm taking the fucking thing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Look at the definition of the word tamper, yeah? To adjust something like to make it fuck up. Yeah? I yeah. Was, I wasn't tampering with nothing, taking the fucking oh. gig- yeah. A
1: fully working meter was there, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, and it's like you know everybody's... I don't know. I don't know many people who still pay council tax. I uh, know not council tax, but I know a lot of people still pay that. Not a lot of people who pay TV license. Yeah. Yeah. And what really frustrates me is that there's really no. You know, you could just stop paying that straight away. Yeah, I mean that's just funding people who protect paedophiles and funding propaganda, and and I exactly. don't know and funding Gary Lineker's Christmas party. Mm. So yeah, I I
1: stopped paying my TV license last uh, last summer. I was just like, just. You, you, you know, not that I listen to the mainstream media, but I would put the BBC on, especially when all this COVID stuff was going on. And, um, you know, I, I was looking on, on YouTube and there was Trafalgar Square was full up to the brim with people They that say that's 35,000 people and there's people there, chatting Away, you know, protesting about the lockdowns and everything. And then you go on to the BBC and they don't even mention it. And I was just like... Yeah, this, is, this is wrong. And I rang him up um, on, uh, you know, a couple of days later and I was just like sp- speaking to the guy and said, look, I, I can't pay this license fee anymore. Um, in, when the BBC stopped lying, I might consider paying it again. And the guy was just pissing himself at the end of the line and he said the normal things, you know, do you watch the BBC? And I was no, I don't, no, I don't. And then he put me on the longest
3: hiatus of two years and
1: uh, I haven't heard anything from them since then. And yeah, it's just, I
2: don't I understand why everybody doesn't do that. It's just one phone call, isn't it? It is, and that's the. Th- it is one phone call, and it's dead easy to do, and everybody should do it. But you know, even people now, you know, they're still doing it. But then a lot of these people who are taking the vaccine as well, and that, that I don't know. I mean, that's another story altogether. We're here to talk about bills, but. Um, so anyway but you know it's the same with um well, I I think income tax I mean income tax is weird because it was only brought in to fund if you google it it was only brought in to fund the second world war Yeah and it was only supposed to be in place during wartime So 1946 it should have ended that no more income tax and this is I think the biggest problem is that when people say oh Danny you don't pay your council tax you don't pay your water bill well no water falls out of the sky for free why would anybody pay a private firm for a human right exactly yeah and uh, what I've done to my property recently not only have I painted it turquoise so it looks like David Ike lives here but I've also put solar panels on my roof 12 of them 330 watts each I've got two batteries and now my my um, electricity usage has less is more than halved. in fact it's 66% which is a bit weird right but it is it's 66% less than it was because I'm using the sun to charge the batteries to then use the energy in the batteries during the day and it recharges itself and then and then you come on the grid at night and stuff so that my usage is virtually minimal. That's great. Yeah. And now I'm having a water harvest, rainwater harvesting system put in so that I can have two or three rain butts, which are also turquoise, which is a bit gay, but it'll, at least it'll all match. And, and then try and feed some of that water, that gray water, that's what it's called back into my cistern so that I can flush the toilet with it back into to the thing so I can wash my clothes with it. And, and all that kind of stuff. And even after it's put through a filter and maybe a distiller, which, because I've got a distiller, I can make a cup of tea with that stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, so and what does it taste like? I mean, if, if you just... After you filtered,
2: does it, it taste nice? After, uh, wa- distilled water is is actually a very distinctive taste because... Normal water that comes out of the tap has got loads of chemicals in it. When you dis yeah. when you distill the water, <laughs> yeah, when you distill the water, I'm, I'm kind of laughing to myself because I'm going to tell you a quick story at the end of this. When you distill it, everything comes out of it. All the chemicals, it, uh, you know, all the uh, a lot of the metals, all that stuff comes out of it because it's distilled, right? So what happened yeah. years later with Southwest Water is that I played. T- the same trick on them again, only this time I went a step further. Fine. So I had my water tested again. They came, they sent a scientist. This guy was a lot younger and didn't have dysentery like Roger, the first one, because what I failed to mention in the first bit is that Roger, the scientist that came for Southwest Water, when he pulled the first pint of water out of the tap after i drew that dried cat poo under it, he then held it up to the sunlight coming through the window, and said, "Yeah, it looks a bit cloudy." And then he drank it. <laughs> now I was sat, I was stood there with a with a spy pen, filming it, holding my pen, knowing it was filming everything. But la- inside I was crying, but outside I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> Anyway, now what I did next time is that when Matt came from South West Water to test my water for the second time, I did the same trick. Different cat shit, different cat. Same trick, cat shit up the tap, he takes a sample, this time he didn't drink it. But, I then said to him, Hey Matt... I've collected this water, and I pulled out this... I I opened one of my cupboards that had, like, like my plates in it, and in there I had a glass of water. And I said, I've collected this rainwater off my roof. And he's like, have you? And I went, yeah, I have. I said, I'm really interested. You're going away, and you're going to scientifically test the water that's coming out my tap. So while you go away and test that, in your little bottle with your label on it, will you go away and test my my sample that I've plucked from the sky because I like to compare the two I want to <laughs> know I want to know the difference Matt and you might want to do as a scientist what's the difference between the water coming out of the sky and the water coming out of the tap and he went yes great idea yeah no problem I'll do this so I gave him this glass of water he pulls it into his sample bottles labels it up Mr Bumping's rain water right and Mr Bumping's tap water right Little did he know, it was rainwater, but it was rainwater that had gone through my distiller. Right. So that rainwater was the purest rainwater you're ever going to see. And that, what, yeah. What, what, what did he come back with? Then? Well, the, the, all I'll say is that the the findings, the, the 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 reports that I've got back, the scientific reports I've got back from south west water are dynamite because right. because the, my rainwater has got nothing in it it's like pure rainwater and their water that's coming out of my tap is full of shit
3: what
1: so was the report that came back so what other stuff we're we finding in the tap water Mercury. chlorine? Oh, Mer- I don't know if
2: you've got fluoride added
1: to your water.
2: Yeah, no, you fluoride. Maybe metal. Yeah, mercury. Oh, mercury. Yeah, zinc. I
1: mean, I just wonder, how on earth does mercury get into the
2: water? Well, there you go. Mercury's um, one of the most
1: poisonous and poisonous what, substances known to man. And they've it's just admitted, ju- they've just admitted
2: that they're going to put um thingy back in the water, aren't they? just admitted that they're going to put Um, Chloride Chloride, thank Yeah Yeah. I shared that on my Facebook The other day
1: One of Chris Whitty's New things again Isn't
2: it? Yeah, of course it is Dumb dumb down the population Because too many Have woken up Not to take the vaccine Yeah In a way Do you know do you know, like, the, the first people that really um, put fluoride in, in the
1: in the water, it, it was the Nazis, and they did it in the concentration camps. And it was to dumb down and subdue everybody that was in there.
2: Subdue the and, Jews. Yeah. Subdue the Jews. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. It's, fu- it's fucking scary shit. Yep.
1: You, know, you, you just bring it on now. It's like, yeah, they're, they're making this prison for us as well, aren't they? And they're using the same fucking tricks again,
2: aren't they? No, well, yeah, you go, and you, it's like history repeating itself, but just on a global scale, but with a different lie. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: No, so you, you, so you just did everything, and, and you're happy with that. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, like that. I, I'm I do- Yeah. I'm doing it, I'm I I've still not paid council tax, I've still not paid water, I've now got electricity down to virtually nothing. And gas, well gas is quite hilarious, right? So gas what happened is the it it was actually it worked out logical for me to let them have the gas meter in with the key with the card, yeah. Right. So what happened there is that <laughs> Sorry <coughs> I, I had that gas meter in and I worked out how to play it because it's almost like a little game in a way. And so it's all about getting it so that you have it in the emergency because the emergency seems to take ages to be able to use, like twice as long, if not more. So the trick was to have it in the emergency as long as possible. So anyway, it worked out that I was paying like a fiver a month for my gas. Literally, a five-a-month. Oh, yeah? I
1: would
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah and, th- and I was, like, playing this meter, thinking, this is fucking easy, I don't know how to do this shit. And then it occurred to me that, well, um, the bank account that I had when I set up my account with Utility Warehouse years and years ago is now closed. That bank account's gone. And, anyway, one day this the meter didn't work. It wouldn't accept my card. So I had to phone them up saying, I've got my daughter this weekend, she's, you know, she's, she's under 10, so therefore you need to really come out. So they came out, this woman came from the, the grid kind of thing, the, um, forgot what they're called, it'll come to me anyway. But then it, this woman came from this company, and she was in charge of replacing me, and she said, look, I haven't got any more card meters that working ones I've got broken ones in my van but I'm going to be working ones so if you want gas this weekend it was a Friday evening if you want gas this weekend I'm going to have to put a smart meter in and for years I've been going no I'm never going to have a smart meter smart meters are bad all that stuff and so I was yeah. like I thought about it for like two seconds in my I thought oh on mate smart meter so I, I said to her I can't top up a smart meter So no no it takes it out of your bank when she said that I was like takes it out of your bank well, I ain't got no... Right? That smart meter's been in my house for three and a half years. I have not paid a penny. Really? Well, it's not that not that fucking smart, is it? Right? And the thing is, the utility warehouse, they text me today, your gas bill's overdue. What gas bill? You see, they can't even take the meter reading, cos they can't get in the house, cos of Covid. Right? And they have texted me going, so, "Can you send us a meat reading?" No, not obliged to, it's no obligation on the law to send anybody meat reading. Yeah, let them fucking come in and take their own. It's their meter. Yeah. So they, they, they want to take a meat reading. I didn't let them, so they can't bill me. So they're stuck. And I phoned them up. I've recorded it. I might make it a public detective video. It's really funny. The woman's going, "Cool, you could get, you could just keep going, son, and not pay." And I'm yeah. like, "I know." It's good, isn't it? She actually said that to you. She actually said that to me. It's like a mortgage. Yeah. Like, I went to court about my mortgage. I, paid a, I pay a pound a month for my mortgage. It should be 1,500 quid. But I pay a quid. Because there's no contract for a mortgage. It's an agreement, a monthly agreement. And if the mortgage company accepts whatever you give them, they've accepted it for that month. It's that fucking simple. I paid a quid for eight years. Well... You know, I got fucking forty-four grand of, much more of arrears, but they just consolidated ba- back into the into the amount, and then I started paying a quid again. Ah, fucking idiot! That's insane. It is. So,
1: I mean, what? So you could essentially stay in that house until the day that you die, just paying a quid a month.
2: Yeah. Bloody. Yeah, Uh, well, not the day I die, but hopefully hopefully beyond there, but I've got 16 years left on my mortgage and I could literally get to the last month and go, yeah, here's 250 grand. Yeah, or whatever's left on it, yeah? Yeah. But I've paid a quid every month and they can't evict me because I'm paying. I'm not in breach of the agreement because there's no contract. And a mortgage, the word mortgage, mortgage, death pledge, Death promise. Yeah. That's what it is. 25 years. That's where you get in prison. Same shit.
1: You know, an Englishman's home is his castle, isn't it? And th- there's three things in life that I consider to be uh, the most important. That's water, food and shelter. And it's so fucking hard, isn't it, just to get on the property ladder in this country. And it's, you've got to play the credit scoring game just so that they even think that you can, that you can like borrow the fake money from them. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, the system is properly broken isn't it when I hear your story and I hear people you know acting in the way that you are is it, I find it quite empowering you see I, I, I really
2: do well that's good that's that's part of the reason why I do it I mean I'm in the re- middle of writing my book because you know I've gone from i, I nearly called the book millionaire to n- millionaire because years ago I was on dragon's Den you know 2000 yeah, 2005, Series 2, Programme 2, Dragon's Den, The Bedlam Cube. That was me.
1: And what was that about then?
2: Well, it was a guy called Bruce Bedlam who invented The Bedlam Cube, and I met him, and he found all the answers to Stonehenge. I made a film on that. That's on YouTube under Stonehenge Solution. And <laughs> and that's what I used to be. I used to be a a, um, a cameraman. I, I I was an underwater cameraman for several years. And I, I've had this mad life where I've, you know, I, I've met David Attenborough four or five times. I've met some mad people who, you know, right up there, who who are very famous. You know, I won't name names, but I, 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 I did some mad shit. Um... And then I go through all this stuff about almost like Freeman of the Land stuff and finding out like legal fiction and then I go to court. I have to go to court to see my daughter. I have to go to court to see my... Uh, to keep my house. And then I go to court and I'm, I'm unlawfully made bankrupt for not paying council tax and yet I've put my house in trust for my daughter and they can't unravel that because I did it three years before the date I was made bankrupt and i protected everything. But... I had a business that turned over several million pounds at one point, and I employed 15 people. So it's all a bit of a crazy ride. So I'm writing a book. It was going to be called Millionaire to Millionaire, but it's now going to be called You Couldn't Make It Up. Because (laughs) because you literally couldn't. And, and, you know, there's, there's some mad bits in my story that people don't know about, but it all led to where I am now with, you know, I went back to university and got a law degree. Yeah. And I even got my law fees back from the uni because they enrolled me in year three and they messed up. And they sent me a letter that I never read, which was supposed to be for somebody else. And then they wrote me a letter saying, we hope it didn't cause you too much alarm and distress. And I thought, alarm and distress? That's a tort, isn't it? I went through my tort notes and there it is. So then I wrote to the union saying, you've caused me alarm and distress. I'll settle out of court for all of my legal fees back for my law degree. (laughs) And, oh, and and my library book fines. (laughs) It worked when I shook the vice principal's hand on the day of of my graduation on Plymouth Hoe in the tent, in uh, wearing a turquoise suit made in Hong Kong with turquoise Reebok trainers, and I shit you not, there's pictures on Facebook, right, I shook his hand and he chatted to me because I said to him, thanks, and I, I, you know I got my fees back, he said, did you? I said, yeah. I said, I threatened to sue the uni. He said, well, as a law student, that's a bloody good thing to do, isn't it? Well, fair play, young man, fair play. (laughs) Young man, I'm 42. Yeah, it was rather funny. It was rather funny, and I'll never forget my first law lecture. Literally, my literally my first law lecture that I go in for criminal law because when you do a law degree, they separate it into sev- seven different disciplines. Now there's only six. <laughs> One of them was European law. <laughs> anyway, won't we'll go there. Um, but yeah, what the, f- the second? So going this this lecture theatre, and literally there's like. 300 students there, and I'm the oldest one. I, I know that, because I'm 40, I'm right like sat there and I'm a 42, right, and you've got all these people doing criminal law, criminal justice, all these different courses, but they're all there for the same two-hour lecture. Right, and this woman puts down on the slide, what is a crime? It comes up on the screen, massive screen, yeah, what is a crime? And it's, that, bear in mind, all these are freshers there, they've all either half cooked from the night before or they're not paying attention or they don't, they're sat on their hands because they don't want to fucking make a scene of themselves on the first day. So here's me in the back, who don't give a shit, yeah? So, what is a crime? Nobody said shit. She's like, nobody, I've got 300 students in front of me, and nobody knows what a crime is. I'm like waving my hand at the back. You at the back! You're keen to get involved. Name a crime. So I shouted out, tax. <laughs> yeah, you've never seen 300 people wake up so quick. Honestly, it was so funny, because even the lecturer was laughing for a good 20 20 seconds. It was a good period of time of laughter. And it was really a key moment when she went, you know what, that's so good that I'm going to include it in next year's presentation. I'm going to add tax to this slide. Nice one. yeah it was kind of funny because um you know and, and then we went into the fact that like she said oh what's your name that's what she said to me what's your name and i said i've not committed a crime i don't need to identify myself rice versus conley 1966 she went oh my god we've got a smart ass <laughs> yeah and then the girl next to me who's, who I'd met like because she was in my granny group doing my course said oh this is danny everybody meet danny right like that like after everybody calmed down from because and 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 then and then everybody laughed and i said yeah this is sophie everybody meet sophie she's a fucking grass (laughs) (laughs) uh, but what was really funny is that the lecturer had to explain the case law that i'd referred to And she said, oh, my God, that's so, so good that you've used it. I said, really? I said, well, it's perfect. She said, it is perfect. So do you know what Rice versus Connolly is? No, I don't know. So basically, Rice versus Conley is a case from 1966 after the World Cup final after England had beat Germany. Um, um, it's all over now with all that stuff. I met him once, Kenneth Walton, home Bolton Wanderers fan, like me. Um, but basically, he he was walking home. I think he's Mr. Conley. I might get it mixed up. And Rice was the copper. Um, it might be the other way round. But anyway, th- they were walking home, and, and there was a crime, and somebody pointed and said, it's him, and then he was arrested, and he said, "What?" and the copper said to him, what's your name? And he said, oh, I'm, not, I'm not identifying myself, i am not committed a crime. And it was, I think it was Mr Connolly, and, and Rice, the copper, went, fuck it, I'm going to arrest you anyway. And anyway, it all went to the Supreme Court, and it was a misidentification because they later arrested the culprit, the true culprit of the crime, so they knew it wasn't him, so they knew that they got his ID mixed up, but they ruled that you cut—you don't have to identify yourself if you believe that you have not committed a crime.
1: Sorry, you're
2: breaking up there. So, yeah, so somebody tried to film me. But, yeah, if you believe that they have not made, committed a crime... Did you hear that?
1: Yeah, no. So was that last bit again? I just broke
2: up a little bit. So basically, Um, you don't have to identify yourself to coppers as long as you believe you've not committed a crime. Right, yes, yeah. Yeah, and and that was proved in, I think it was um, a case recently for the COVID regulations, actually. So that went to court. um, And Francis Hall, the barrister, took that to the Supreme Court and they said you don't have to identify yourself in your breach of COVID regulations because they're really not criminal regulations at all, sir. So. Yeah,
1: it, it, there's also that other thing, isn't there, that if you are arrested and you just stay silent, and you don't identify yourself. They have to, is this right that they have to release you after 24 hours?
2: Well, yes and no, but there's lots of differentials with that because, you know, if you watch one of my videos about uh, Carla Buckle be in jail for council tax when she was arrested... Funny enough, Danny, that was,
1: that was the question I was going to ask you. I wanted you to, to say about the Carla Buckley story because
2: um, that's um, well, it's quite a heart-wrenching one, really. Yeah, so can you tell us about that, please? Yeah, well, basically, Carla Buckle was arrested at home on a civil no-bail-arrest warrant, the, the long five-, six-word oxymoron, and basically... The, they broke the law they broke into her house and and she never identified herself when she was being arrested she uh, um, wasn't arrested because it was a civil no bail arrest warrant so she had to consent with it when she told them she didn't consent so they really had no power to take her anyway and and this was in her
3: house
2: they, Yeah, they, it to, it they, they, took, to, they, they took her from her house and they took her to court she didn't say a word didn't say a word in court didn't say a word to them didn't speak to anybody the woman from the council said in court I believe this is Carla Buckle and on the back of that they jailed her there were so many so they didn't do a a means test on her they didn't say have you got any assets? do you own a house? have you got ten grand in savings? are you willfully refusing or culpably neglect of not paying your council tax? none of those just put him in jail, and that's why I kicked off on that video with that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I I told him, no, I said, fuck you. Yeah, you're just choosing not to do anything because you know you fucked up. And and when when they got the court order from the high court judge, the the prison didn't, and the council phoned the High Court to make sure that it had come from then, it wasn't fraud. They didn't believe it was real. And right. and they wanted us to pay her bill, and the only way they, we could do it was to pay the prison in cash. Fly. Right. So if nobody understands that uh, uh, people think that I'm t- talking bullshit about the poor law being in play, well, when you know five or six people who've all been jailed for not paying their council tax and that every time you're offered to pay the bill and go to the prison and pay the prison in cash and that that cash then goes to the council, then you know the poor law's in play. Right. I think, can, can you tell everybody that she, she went on a hunger strike when she was in prison, didn't she? She went on a hunger strike and then she went on water strike, which is like a what? I've never heard somebody go on a water strike before, but Carla fucking scared the shit out of me when she did that. That's why That's why I was on the phone to the, the, the court usher at the High Court at, like, midnight on a Friday night. Yeah. Right, yeah, trying to say you need to put my application that I've just filed in front of a judge, like, to, mo- like, now. Yeah, and literally, they, they had the hearing on the Monday morning, to be fair and so they went through the whole process, they did it properly, but, you know, Carla was on water strike for that weekend, and it really is frightened the shit out of me. But they did the right thing, they, they, it gave injunctive relief, and released her. Well... Yeah, and how
1: how how, was she, how how was she
2: doing after that? I mean, was she weak? I mean, no, she she was okay considering the circumstances. I was a mess because I'd spent a week, or something like that, non-stop trying to get all the paperwork together and get her out. And when I had the phone call from the High Court to say the judges agreed to release her and the High Court orders on your email, i w- I'm forget. I was in a toy shop in Plymouth. Um with my daughter on a Friday evening and no, it was a Monday evening. It's a Monday. It was a Monday. Yeah, it was a Monday evening. And yeah, and but I was with my daughter and I just broke down in tears. I was like, Fuck. I don't know, it was just too much. I'd spent ten days trying to get this woman out of prison and and it worked. And she was a grandmother, and it was like the twenty third Of December, that's the other thing. That's why I had my daughter because it was like a couple of days before Christmas, so we were doing some last minute Christmas shopping. Mental, yeah, but yeah, this is is what drives me now. It's like I could go back and come up with another marketing scheme to sell another bloody puzzle, but you know what? I'd rather make a difference than make money because making difference is a bit more of a better legacy than. Just making a million quid and or, or passing on loads of wealth or loads of assets that you might hold at the time of your death, but we're only here once, and I'm not here to pay taxes and and waste nine or eight hours of my day to to please somebody else to pay bills to keep me going round in a hamster fucking wheel. yeah, oh that'll give me a heart attack and I've had two lots of heart surgery. So, I don't need to be stressed and do all this shit. That's why I'd rather help somebody like I did the other week with Jamie to make sure that he wasn't unlawfully jailed for not going to prison or for making sure that somebody can see their kid or somebody can stay in their house or somebody doesn't get a liability order that doesn't exist against council tax or whatever it Or is. I've got out of every single parking ticket ever given to me yeah so I'm like 16 for 16 on parking tickets. So good done. Yeah yeah, absolutely 100% record and I got two more in the last two weeks. I got those deliberately so I can try a couple of more legal arguments. <laughs> it's quite funny getting a parking ticket when you do it intensely and I got them for parking outside my own fucking house. Yeah, no,
1: this is d- one from the
2: council, is it? Yeah, like, one of these. Oh, the you've not got a residence parking permit. I don't need one. I've been here for twenty-four fucking years. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't need to pay you forty quid a year to park outside my fucking house, love. That's what I said to her when she was giving me me the ticket because I recorded it. And I I said, do you know who I am? She said, no, who are you? I said, I am the public detective. I said, you're going to be in one of my videos. I said, you might as well start smiling because it looks like you've had the vaccine. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. You've not had the vaccine, have you? Uh, No, no, I
1: haven't. No, I won't
2: have it. Yeah, fuck that. Well, it's not a vaccine, you can't really call it a vaccine.
1: It's a gene therapy, isn't
2: it? It's an experiment. Oh, it's an IQ test, I like to call it. An IQ test that it seems that a lot of people have fucking failed. Yeah, yeah. Can you can we relieve their figures, what the government say, about how many people they... the percentage of the population that they... So, being vaccinated, do you, do you believe that? No, I don't believe that for a second. I believe the... Thi- well, I don't even believe the figures that say that people have had adverse reactions. I reckon the adverse reactions and the deaths are a lot of more than they're saying. Yeah, well, in, in America, on the diverse system, wasn't it? Was it Berkeley
1: or Harvard Medical School did a... An in-depth investigation of the, their system theirs, and uh, they found out it was
2: literally like one percent of yeah. adverse reactions were actually recorded. There you go. Okay. There you go. So anyway, before we go into distracted, we're near. The hour is nearly up. Um, yes. Um, yeah. But but I will say this. Let's go through the bills. Have we left any out?
1: Well, we've done council tax. We've done the electric company, the gas company, the water board. Um, HMRC, I mean... Don't swear. Yeah, we did. We said something about that, didn't
2: we? Well, it basically, like I said, it's, it was brought in in wartime to pay for when we're in times of war. And apparently, exactly. there's a war on terror. Yeah? Yeah? There's a war on Covid. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So, technically, we're still at war. But all I'm saying is that all, all of these bills, TV licence we covered as well, yeah, but all of these bills are consensual. So the way that I look at it, that that these bills are that, look, when you're made bankrupt, you have no bank account, you have no money, somebody else manages your affairs, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, Yeah. you're, you're completely fucked, yeah? And if I hadn't prepared for the fuckity, yeah, of what was to come, I'd have been fucked, but... I kept my house, I kept my gas on, kept my electricity on, kept my internet connection connected, because those are the only bills I did pay. Electricity was, was basically the internet connection and my mobile bill. But ultimately what I'm saying is they're consensual, yeah? If And and removing your can- consent is very simple, yeah? T- parking tickets, piece of bits, just don't pay them yeah and they'll threaten you they'll send you letters yeah eventually it will just go away yeah water will be the same either that they go and get a ccj which to me someone like me who doesn't give a fuck about their credit rating is like what flavor of packet of crisps would you like dummy <laughs> yeah so then you gotta look at it like that and then you think right can i deal with this with this can i deal with the get rid of the water can I get rid of the TV license? Can I get bear, pay with five pound a week? Is the minimum you can probably get away with paying council tax and then take no enforcement? Yeah, a pound a month, proved for eight years. Yeah, no, no mortgage contract, just an agreement because interest rates change all the time, so it can't be a fixed amount, etc., etc. So all of these things require your consent. You remove that consent, they are pretty much fucked. If everybody did that we'd be in a different world, yeah? So, I don't consent to be fucked up the ass, so I don't let my, anybody fuck me up the ass because I'm not fucking gay. Yeah. I'm not homophobic, uh, either, but I'm not fucking gay, and I won't let anybody fuck me up the ass, And that's what people are getting fucked up the ass by the water company, the electric company, the gas, the councils, the, the government, yeah? The tax man... Uh, you the BBC yeah you name it people are being fucked up the arse well I ain't being fucked up the arse by no one none of these cunts and and no male individual with a large penis <laughs> yeah we're, we're slaves to a system aren't we we all debt slaves that's it yeah they say slavery is racist what the fuck yeah and that's the other thing you google me you'll find out a lot more about My other battles with the council, with what I'm doing with Sir John Hawking Square, that's going to blow up in the council's face soon. And there's all a host of things that, that I'm challenging at the moment, which are likely to go all the way. But I don't give any. I, I don't give anybody legal advice because I'm not a practicing solicitor. I'm not a practicing lawyer. I'm a non-practicing lawyer. I'm somebody who's got a law degree and I'm helping people as best I can without giving them legal advice. So I'm not being paid for anything that I do. I'm like the best free. I might better call Sol, but with a northern accent.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, Danny. If If you have any updates about anything,
1: please come back in the future and and, and tell us about them. And um, as as we wrap things up, um, let everybody know where they can find a bit more Danny Bamping and um, the best way to contact you or view your content.
2: Well, uh, my website is dannybamping.com and that's my name on Twitter. That's my name on Facebook. That's my name, allegedly. And I'm also, you can find me at noparty.co, which is a movement I, a website I set up to support the independent candidates that stand in local elections and at times of parliament, because that's who we should be voting for, because that's what parliament was set up for. And I stood for Parliament. I stood for local election as well, both as independent candidate. I think people should do more of that. So that's where you can find me. On YouTube, my handle is The Public Detective. So that's my YouTube channel. And, you know, I I, I encourage people to go and check out noparty.co because it tells people about the Remembrancer And all of the issues we've talked tonight about are about money. And it's... The money makes the world go round, but it makes the world go round in the wrong direction. And there's a guy in Parliament, and I say a guy because it's always a man, um, who is unelected but in Parliament and sits to the right of the Speaker. He's called the Remembrancer. And that guy needs to be removed from Parliament because he is effectively unelected. He is there for the City of London. To make sure that legislation and the Speaker do not allow any legislation that is passed by Parliament that may affect, and I use the word right here, monopoly, that the City of London have on the issuement of money and credit. Because that's the key bit that will unlock Parliament. And if you look, if your listeners or yourself, you go on the Green Party's website, they are the only party to suggest we need to remove the remembrancer so we can take control of our money. Because people don't realise that there's nothing federal about the Federal Reserve. And there's nothing English about the Bank of England Yeah, And when they realise that, and they realise that 700 world banks are based in the square mile of the City of London, and the City of London is not part of the UK, it's not part of England, it's not part of Europe, it's a separate jurisdiction in its own right, just like Washington DC, and just like the Vatican, where they've got these mini collective control mechanisms where they control religion and the military and money in those three locations and that's how it's been for centuries. And until people realise this and and do something about it and and start to vote for people who are there to represent them and not a party and then we have a load of independents in control of parliament and we kick the remembrance out and then Quantitative easing, coined by Professor Richard Werner, would be putting money into the economy, not by fictitious loans and money created out of fresh air, like mortgages, but actually in paying public service workers, like police and nurses and doctors and firemen, proper wages and teachers through the system so that banks don't artificially generate this fictitious interest and, and 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 everything else inflation to keep the wheels turning so that they can keep creating this what is a, effectively a ponzi scheme of money which eventually will collapse and that's effectively the core of the matter and that's until we change that bit it's just all politics it's all it's all a play to keep you distracted from that key fact of how to properly take control of the money and that until we change that ain't nothing going to really change well
1: that's powerful words and I think that's the perfect place to stop thanks a lot for that Danny really appreciate it and um, yeah stay in touch
2: absolutely good to speak to you Dan you have a good weekend and I hope I haven't freaked you out too much or your listeners but check me out on YouTube and and uh, I hope the recordings worked yeah if, uh, that's
1: great. If, if you could send it over mate that, that would be great
0: no yeah. worries there we go people that was a lovely chat with Danny it's to the point honest few profanities I don't mind about that but the great thing about it is, is that we have an example of a man here who is fighting the system and living a life where he doesn't have to be a slave to the bills that we get through sent every month. It was, it was, I, I love this interview, it displayed the importance of writing a correctly worded letter He seems to be a master at that. And he runs through his story and it's like, everybody has been concerned about their credit rating at some point in the past. Danny Clee doesn't give a shit about it. And it hasn't really affected the way that he lives his life. He still earns his money, he's still living in his house. He uses the system's stupidity, he works with it, and he makes it work for him. It reminds me of, like, Sun Tzu. There must be a quote, and I I honestly can't remember one right now, but he always talks about using your enemy's weaknesses, doesn't he? He really knows his stuff, let's be honest. He uses the equity law against them, beating them at their own game. And we talk about the poor law. I hadn't heard about that before, but it's important that we know in the past, obviously... This class system that we live under, it's always had those at the bottom and, and those who have everything. And there's actually laws that were put into place in order to make them pay their way if they couldn't. We talked about his electricity meters, his gas meters and the funny stories about catchy up his tap when he gets the waterboard to come round to check the quality. But What I take from Danny is that he's using the world as his playground, he's playing with the world and again we come back to the credit rating that a lot of people take so much uh, agonising pain over and I look at the economic situation we're in at the moment and I I don't know if any of you have had mortgages or are planning on trying to get a mortgage. But the criteria are really, really ramping up right now and the banks just don't seem to be willing to lend at the moment. And I ask the question, what do they know? Do they know that something's on the horizon? Are they planning something like they have done in the past? It's not just in this country. I've, I've heard um, you know, my relative in Sweden talking about the stress tests that have been put on him for applying for a mortgage. But whatever happens, we we can be sure by looking at the Carla Bruni video that he did on YouTube, he truly cares about people who are are falling foul of this crazy lawful and legal system that we live under where people, good working class people, can't pay the bills every month and then they get sent to jail for not paying their council tax. He is doing this for the good of the people, everyday people. He's also been an independent candidate in local and government and general election politics. And how many people can say that they're actually standing up and putting their head above the parapet and doing stuff like that? Not many. And one thing I found fascinating, I I, I never knew this, but he talked about the remembrancer who stands at the side of the speaker in the House of Commons, somebody who's put there by the City of London in order to make sure sure that their terms and their conditions are lobbied correctly within the Houses of Commons. Again, fascinating stuff. But he finishes it beautifully, and we have to ask the question, what is money? how we have been slaves to it, how we have been fooled by it. Is the money in our bank account really real? Is it just some zeros and ones that were pushed in on a computer when the bank asked us if we were going to take this loan out or take this mortgage out and pay all of that back at interest? They never created that money in the first place. Well, they did. They created it out of thin air. But that money was not sitting in their vaults. So how do we take control of money? How do you make it work for us instead of working it for a small few? I don't want to call them the elite anymore. We need to work on language. They're not elite. They're, they're a minority. They're so few, but they can troll the resources and the money supply to the rest of the planet. We need to use, we need to stop thinking. Okay, We need to start doing language creation. We need to come up with a word for these few people that isn't elite. Elite sounds like it's good, better, better than the rest. These people aren't that. Come on, put your thinking caps on. Let's think of some new words. The whole thing about 1984, George Orwell's 1984, was that every single time that they came out with a new edition of the Newspeak Dictionary, they were reducing the amount of words. This has the effect of dumbing people down so that one word could mean many things. We should be coming up with new words, especially words that describe this oligarchy, these, these few people, these wealthy few individuals, because it should be a word like shitocracy. <laughs> I heard Max Egan say that once, but come on. Use your brains. Think up new words. It's quite poetic and it's like slang, cockney rhyming slang. It's something that we need to do in order for us to grow as a culture. And the only other question that I should have asked him that I didn't was, what is his obsession with turquoise? So I'll have to ask him that next time. But thanks a lot, much love, and I'll see you soon.
3: How much is almost a lot of money to
1: you? Yeah, that's a good question. Have, have you made, say, millions of dollars? No. Are you a rich man? When you mean rich, what do you mean? You have a lot of possessions, a lot of money in the bank. possessions make you rich? I don't, I don't have that type of richness. My richness is life. Bob, well, how important is, uh, is the gunja? to a rasta man? Uh, Ganja is a bird. This is herb. This herb. Is a is it, does it matter to you that it's it's still uh, against the law here in Jamaica? Every law is illegal. Every law is illegal? Every government upon the face of this earth today is illegal. Not one of them is legal. Rasta is involved in progress. In making understand that free to traditional culture to people. Rasta killers. You have to do good before you can be a rasta. If it's a bad it bad, then you're bad. If it's good, then you're
3: good. I'm not
2: I they can be if they're monopoly profits. Do you believe that uh, an individual can earn too much money? <laughs> I don't really.
1: It's not a... It, it, no, it's not a... You don't have... What do you mean is that we should sort of cap some of the income?
3: Hmm. Not really? No. Why? What's the point? <laughs> you could...
2: they realise that 700 world banks are based in the square mile of the city of London. And the city of London is not part of the UK, it's not part of England, it's not part of Europe. It's a separate jurisdiction in its own right, just like Washington DC and just like the Vatican, where they've got these mini collective control mechanisms, where they control religion and the military and money. In those three locations, and that's how it's been for centuries.